In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers football beat reporter, and today I'm joined by once again Drew Hill, who covers basketball for us over here. We do this every every other week, or we try to at least when Drew isn't off in the Bahamas, or I'm off in Lambeth, or vice or whatever. So we had a pretty eventful weekend. Memphis beat Ole Miss 15 to 10. Uh, let's get your initial thoughts on that, Drew. What, what was it like? What was it like up there in the press box with me? The press box was fine. I had the most fun down on the on the field. That I almost said court there. I'm so conditioned for basketball, but down on, down on the field in the fourth quarter, I stood behind Tony Pollard for almost the entire quarter, and there were some other former players down there. And uh, yeah, no, just watching Tony's reaction to all of the big plays was really fun. Um, and I actually caught up with Laird Veach too, the future we Memphis both Tigers athletic director. Yeah, well, current. He's current. Yeah, future. Yeah, he starts future. October. He'll 1st. start in October. So coming up, that was his very first Memphis football game. He was very impressed by the whole experience. It was a lot of fun. It was loud down there. Uh, there were Ole Miss sucks chants going <laughs> like every five minutes. Um, and that was a ton of fun. It was fun to see Tony Pollard joining in on the Oh Miss sucks, Oh Miss sucks. Tony Pollard was all about. Oh, he was it. in. He's all yeah, in. Yeah, and he actually uh, he called the safety, the Bryce Huff's uh, safety at the end of the game, which ended up being one of the deciding plays. Tony Pollard right before was like, "This is going to be a safety." Next play, Bryce Huff unblocked. Right there, I think it was a, a assignment mistake by Ole Miss on that play. Oh uh, yeah, he still the, uh, blew him up. And- the left tackle blocked the wrong person, which I think Bryce Huff kind of stunned to the right a little bit. They kind of sent a blitz in, but still, the play call was strange. The shotgun pass, kind of an odd, odd call from the two yard line. I think anything Matt Luke does at this point is hey, odd. Hey, hey, Rich Rod, well, give, give him some credit. Matt Luke should be the guy that's like, hey, why are we lining up in shotgun from our own one-yard line? So It was a really strange thing because they had run the ball pretty well in the second half up until that point. I mean, they had even scored a touchdown because Scotty Phillips kind of drugged them down the field. I know Matt Corral had that one long run that got him kind of to the two-yard line, but up until that point, it had been Scotty Phillips. I mean, he kind of drugged them from having negative whatever it was, rushing yards to have him like 42 or whatever it was on that drive, and it was so strange that he was all of a sudden like, yep, we're chucking it. Let's do it. it. I Yeah, I didn't expect that play call at all. I don't think anyone does. Like I said, anything Matt Luke do, does at this point doesn't surprise me. I will be surprised if he's the coach at Ole Miss after this season. Well, here's the not, problem with not, that. Not necessarily a hot take, we, but they don't have a, a chancellor. Yeah, this was about to say. Or a, a what, athletic? They don't have an AD or a chancellor. That right. We're a Tigers podcast. We don't talk about Ole Miss, but, yeah, they don't have a chancellor or an AD. Uh, the biggest thing I was impressed about in that game, obviously, is defense and special teams. My opinion, as of right now, is that Mike Norvell has deserves the faith that he'll turn their offense around. Every year he's been here, the offense has gotten better throughout the season. 
I do I think it's going to be a top 10 offense? I did maybe before the season. Now I'm a little more skeptical, especially with Patrick Taylor being out on Saturday. Depending on how long he's out, it may be a little bit more What's difficult. What's the sense you get on that? I know everybody wants to know. Is it? What do you think? Before yesterday, I thought Navy. And then Norvell said it could be a little longer than we were expecting. And now I'm not sure what that means. And nobody's really talking about it. So... I don't really want to speculate on what kind of injury he has. That's not my place. I do think that Navy could be the day. I mean, Patrick, here's what I said on Jeff's show this morning. is Patrick's a crazy person. He could absolutely try and come back against South Alabama. Do I think they'll let him? No, but he could try. Do I think Navy seems like a good date? Yeah. I don't think it's going to last the whole season which is good. I think they can even get through that Navy game without him. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a point where they're going to need him? Because I don't think either of the next two games they're going to need him at all, to no. be honest. And then you get to Navy. I know they've Navy's given Memphis some trouble in the past, but I, I think Memphis is a much better team than Navy this year, or at least on paper they should be. So, yeah, it's a big loss. Kenny Gainwell looked like a star, though. I've he, been he's, telling he's everyone. On, he is on his way, and I think – that gives you a lot uh, – you shouldn't worry as much yeah. seeing what Kenny Gainwell did against Ole Miss in they, terms of that I mean, injury. when they got Kenny Gainwell, I remember where I was when Kenny Gainwell signed with Memphis, which was strange. I was in the FedEx form, and people were like, oh, my gosh, we can't, we got him. We got him. This was the guy. This is the guy. He could be a game changer. He is so underrated. I think he ended up being ranked like 1,300 in the nation or something crazy like that, even though all of the stats he put up at Ole Miss – or not Ole Miss, that uses uh, – high school in Mississippi like he's a stud he was a stud it's carried over he looked like the running back of the future a little bit even though he's got some Tony Pollard to his game he's a receiver he's a running back I think he's a better running back than Tony was in all honesty but we'll see I I really was impressed I was impressed with uh the defense I mean Bryce Huff was great the linebackers were flying around. They they were hitting hard, and Southern fumbled like six times in their game last weekend against McNeese State. I'm kind of kind of wondering how that's going to fare against Memphis this weekend. Yeah, I think the Southern band is the main point of attraction. Maybe, oh, I don't care about maybe, the bands. Oh, come on, man. Don't care. Have you ever seen it? The human jukebox? One, that's one gonna band. be the most fun no. part about Saturday. Seriously. I'm there for football. Seriously. Football People, I you're you are. This is a hot take because people are going to go to this game to see that band. Really? I, How is I it different than any other marching band? Aren't they all the same? No, like the HBC, the Southern HBCU bands are known, and specifically Southern University are known for being like the top performances in the country. And people are going to go to the Memphis game. Like when I tweeted out our link to to uh, which you can go look at on Twitter for the giveaway for tickets. Uh, People, nice people, I know people were saying like, yeah, you tweeted that out in the correct order because I was like, go here to enter for a chance to win tickets to see the Southern band. And people are very excited about seeing the Southern band. You know who people may not be super excited about oh, seeing this weekend? Who? And maybe this is a, a totally unfair shot. I think Brady White people are <laughs> a little bit, they are a little bit uh, still skeptical Oh, yeah. No, he's gotten slammed no, I, this week. I shouldn't have said it that way, though. I shouldn't have said it that no, way. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's – he had – I was talking to somebody on the phone on the way into the podcast today, and it's like Brady has to have the thickest skin of anyone I've ever met. He had got slammed last year. He he. I think it affected him a little more than he let on. He got slammed after the Ole Miss game, but yesterday he he was all smiles. He, he admitted that he missed some reads. 
He did some things in that game that he wouldn't have done in a game last year. And I think, I really do think the Ole Miss athleticism kind of bothered him. And it bothered Memphis's offense in general. They're big, they're fast, they're tough. I mean, it's an SEC team. They were recruiting four and five stars. That's a reality of the situation. Memphis is going to have that struggle against any power, like not any power five, but any SEC team they play. I mean, if they played Vandy tomorrow, Vandy's going to be bigger, faster, stronger just because they're an SEC team. Memphis has made gains in that area, but they're not, not anywhere close to an SEC team. I mean, you said it yourself. They come out and you're like, man, this is way different than Alabama practice. This is crazy. Like, they're going to have that disadvantage, and I think that's where Brady and especially the the line kind of got, got hit a little bit. Here's Here's where I stand on Brady. I really like Brady, and I think he's a great kid. I think he's got a great head on his shoulders, and that that just – in general, if you are that smart and you know how everything operates, you can be a worthwhile quarterback for a college team. Um, the Where Brady got in trouble, in my opinion, last weekend is when the offensive line got him in trouble by not, first of all, not pass protecting the way that they should have. And then you would see them try and roll him out to the right or roll him out to the left. And then when he's throwing on the run, it be, the arm strength becomes a little bit yeah. less than it maybe should be um, to make all of the plays. And on top of that, he's just not used to that. He is a pocket passer yeah, for he's... sure. And when he can stand there in the pocket and deliver balls, he's great. Um, but when you have to roll him out because you can't protect, that's where you get yourself in yeah. trouble. And I think that he will be – I think he'll get better as the season goes on. You can't expect him to be perfect in the first game. Um but, you know, they got to be able to find a way to protect him and play to his strengths a little bit better, in my opinion. And they did. They basically used Joey Magnifico as an offensive lineman for points in that game. I mean, when they were lined up in the pistol, he blocked a lot, and he blocked a lot on the offensive line. I mean, he basically boxed for that entire drive at the end of the game. Uh, I think that is a step in the in the direction that we're talking about that will help with protection. It kind of kind of hurts a little bit because you want Joey out there running rounds. You do. And but I think that kind of bolstered things a little bit. They've moved the line around in practice this week because of some injuries, some bumps and bruises. We won't really know who's available and who's not until Saturday, other than Patrick Taylor. But I think Brady's biggest thing is he needs to have his feet set. He needs to. Uh, every time I've seen him in practice and he looks better, and I watched him in Lambeth, and when he looks better is when he has his feet set. He has his feet under him, and he's able to get set and throw. And they he needs time to do that. He doesn't have the quickest release in the world, so he needs that extra three seconds to get the ball out. When he can do that, he'll be effective, but it's really going to be tough when your offensive line is going against someone like that. I still think he gets a worse rap than he should and by the from the general public. Yeah, I think I mean, he's a better he's a better quarterback than Memphis fans want to give him credit for, in my opinion. Now there are some that pump him up, but if you go back and watch that old miss game, he missed some throws. Oh yeah. But he made all the plays when they needed him to make the plays, the, down to the quarterback sneak on fourth down. <laughs> he made that play. And so you can't really knock a guy, even if even if he plays like that, when you beat an SEC team and you make all of the critical plays in order to win the game down the stretch. Yeah, people were killing him on Twitter during the game. I know. It was terrible. I mean, like, I know I, I kind of took a shot at him at the beginning. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't – that was that, again, that wasn't from me. That's just people – that was the general – That's the general consensus. The general consensus I mean, is people are just killing the guy, and I don't think it's necessarily fair. No, it's not. I mean, is it fair – I mean, I, I get being frustrated, but people are so used to to Paxton Lynch, to 
Riley to, and he isn't those guys. He isn't going to be able to wing it down the field. And you also don't have Anthony Miller. That that is one reality, like that people just need to get used to. Demonte is a talent. He is very good. I think he's a great AAC receiver. Is he Anthony Miller? No, he's not. And then people have figured that out that he's the guy you need to double if yep. it's, if you're if you're going up against Memphis. Like no disrespect to the other receivers, but Demonte is the guy without question. Yeah, and I thought maybe coming into that game, it was we we're going to see a little bit more production from Pop, who had a good game. He was great in punt returns. He took a screen for like twenty five yards at one point. Patrick Taylor made a, a passing a game or a a play in the passing game, but it was still it was a lot like we saw at the end of the season, especially in second halves, where it's like okay. This is where we're used to the Memphis offense kind of going gangbusters, kind of going crazy and just scoring a bunch of points. And I do think they probably score two or three more touchdowns if Kenny doesn't slide, if you don't have as many false start penalties, encroachments and whatnot. But procedure penalties are So what do you have to say to the crowd that's like, why don't they get a grad transfer quarterback? Why don't they take another quarterback? Why don't they play the backup? Where's Connor well, there? Like, what do you, What's your message to those people? Well, the grad transfer thing drives me crazy. Because it's really tough to bring in a grad transfer quarterback when you have a guy who just got a waiver, who's, I mean, he's got another year after this, so two more years, basically. They had Brady McBride, they had Markevion Quinn, or they have Markevion Quinn and Connor Adair, and then two freshmen. So for every grad transfer quarterback you bring in, you're going to lose two quarterbacks. They lost Brady McBride already, and that's the bare minimum they wanted to lose. They, they could lose one and it'd be fine, but... If, what if you lose Connor Adair and then the grad transfer quarterback doesn't doesn't work out? I mean, because look across college football. How many of these grad transfer quarterbacks are going to put up better numbers than Brady White put up last year? Probably not many. Yeah. It's going to be Jalen Hurts. Is Memphis going to get Jalen Hurts? No. Are you going to get Justin Fields? No. Are you getting Tate Martell, who no. is playing receiver and wildcat quarterback? Well, to be fair, Jaron Williams looks pretty good. Yeah, eh, well, that's a conversation for another day. But still, like, find the guy that ended up going to West Virginia. I mean, you you weren't going to get him. The Power Five has the cream of the crop, and then you're going to have to pick up the guys behind him, and then you're having to ask yourself, is this guy as good as Brady White? And the answer more often than not was no. That was what they were struggling with, and they didn't want to bring someone in who's going to cause two guys to transfer, and then you're then where are you? You're without two quarterbacks. You have a guy who's not going to play, and then you're going to have to restart over and keep developing this room on the fly. Yeah, I, I'm i very interested to see where they go from here on offense. We mentioned last year they didn't find this identity um, well, their identity on the offensive end of, you know, sort of just handed off to Daryl every single play until after that two lane game. Do you think it's going to take them that long again, or is it going to be a, a quick adjustment? This is what I mean, went wrong against Ole Miss, and we're ready to go. It, they were handing the ball to Daryl a lot in the first half of that season. I think they didn't figure out that, okay, we've got this dynamic one-two punch. We can hit DeMonte, and we can hit Tony in the passing game for first downs. Joey gets involved a little bit. Um they didn't go down. They didn't use them vertically as much unless they were playing really bad corners. But still, like they were able to find that. It was really after the two lane game where they lost that. Patrick Taylor had two carries. He didn't have less than eleven for the rest of the season. They figured out that a little late for their, I think, for their liking. But they're kind of quick to adjust now. They're they're figuring it out. I mean, I think they were pleased with the, what they saw in the run game. Will Patrick Taylor have twenty seven carries again? 
When he gets back, probably not. I think that was just out of necessity for the situation. But it'll look a lot like it did last year. Travion Samuel will get a little bit more involved once he knows the playbook. Uh, Joey will be a little bit more involved. DeMonte, once he gets they get their offensive line situation figured out and they can go downfield a little bit more, he'll get more involved. But before we move on, the Tigers podcast is brought to you by FedEx. Possibilities, what FedEx delivers by delivering. How's everything going on the basketball front? Mar- Madness is obviously at the beginning of October. You excited? Recruits are excited. What's it going to be like? What are, what are you expecting? Well, oh, well, that's a tough question. They are going to have a lot of pressure to make this thing as magical, I magical. guess, if that's what you want to say, as it was last year. Because last year it was like the big party before the party. This is Penny Hardaway has arrived and Memphis is back. But this year they're actually back, or they're expected to be actually back. So it's different. Um, obviously, we had the news come out of the date this week. Uh, that was something that if you were paying attention to Memphis basketball recruiting or reading my stories ahead I of time. I wasn't reading your stories. You probably, well, that's a shame. You, you probably <laughs> should. Uh, then, well, that's probably why you didn't know what Memphis Madness date was before it came out. But uh, but no. Uh, if you were keeping up with that, it was it was a poorly kept secret that it was going to be October 3rd. Um, as far as who's going to perform, the school is not going to announce that. Uh, I'm going to avoid speculating. Yeah, don't speculate. We don't want about speculate. who it's going to be, considering how things went last year. If you didn't, if you don't know what happened last year, you, then you were probably not paying attention. hiding under a rock or something. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're going to have a lot of pressure to, to make this thing a lot better than it was last year because people are going to be expecting that with the number one recruiting class. Will you be? The question is, will you be in the building, Jonah? Me? Yes. I'll probably be there. I'll be wandering around looking for stories and stuff. I'm not going as a per like as a, to sit in the stands, but I'll probably go. Will I be front row and center? Probably not, knowing myself. But um, my thing is, is that I'm calling my shot. I want to be there for one reason. One reason alone. Can you guess what it is? Uh, I don't know. Dunk contest. That's if, you're more interested in the dunk contest than who's going to perform. Yeah, I don't care about. Let the me let me say this. I am more interested in whatever pregame video they're going to play. Oh, I don't care about than that whoever either. performs. Seriously. I, the performances are I can take it or leave it. I really wasn't paying attention to them last year. I was writing. I was doing my thing. I was looking out for recruits. I, the performances are for the fans. They're not for me. I don't really care about that. I'm there for the dunk contest. I'm calling my shot. Ryan Boyce is going to win it. That was your pick last year too. Uh, I don't remember last year. I will take ooh. I will take Damian Ball. I'm in taking. The gun contest. I told Ryan Boyce last year they need to let him jump over a car, and he said he was going to see what he could do. Not really. He kind of just laughed at me. But the, you know what's funny? During Grizzlies games, there's like an Audi lounge downstairs. Yep. There's a car in there. Yeah, a lot of times. Do you like, think Ryan Boyce could jump over the Audi? I I. Do you think he could probably jump over the hood of an Audi and dunk a ball? We don't want him to get hurt. We're not encouraging anybody to get hurt. Right. Please exactly. don't jump over their car and then get yeah, hurt and get a call jump. from somebody and be like, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no. So the other change to Memphis Madness this year, a little bit more pricey. $5 for the upper deck, 10 for the middle, and then the lower level tickets are going to be $20 this year. Would you pay $20 to go to a thing that is basically a couple guys singing one rap song and then uh, a scrimmage <laughs> with no defense. Do you want? 
last year people were selling their tickets for like 150 bucks because they thought Drake was going to be there. I can't even imagine what they're going to do this year with those $20 tickets. I mean, it's it's great for the local economy, right? Let's just we should just start a rumor that like Drake Look, all of Young Money, all, <laughs> all of them, all Nicki of Young Minaj, Money is coming to Memphis. Nicki Minaj, Madness. who just announced her retirement, will be unannouncing her retirement. She's coming <laughs> back like Jordan in the middle of the floor at the FedEx Forum on March. The or Beatles October 3rd. are coming back to life. They're going to oh be there God. in the building. You, you better get your tickets now because they might be <laughs> worth four thousand dollars by the time this thing tips off. A low key guy for the dunk contest, maybe Isaiah Stokes. When he was in shape and when he was healthy, he could he could throw it down. I've seen him break a backboard before. He can do it. We don't need to break any FedEx form backboards. Oh, no, those things can't break. Going back to the main point, since you just want to keep going back to the dunk contest. That's all I'm excited in about. Terms of, in terms of tickets, I think this year you're, the people will be more than willing to pay $20. This was a hot top, or hot radio topic when it came I ain't out. I $20. Was whether or not people would pay 20 bucks to They go raised it to thing. $20 for real? For lower level tickets. You can get in the building for $5. But at the like, look, you have a chance to maybe see a big time celebrity, whether he's performing or not, or she, I should say. He or she, maybe. Um, yeah. So you'll see is that that might be worth the price of admission I mean, on its own. I'm and then on top of that, you're going to, this is the city's first look. If you weren't in the Bahamas and you weren't on Periscope or Facebook at this team and what they can do, and you'll have a chance to see James Wiseman dunk a basketball 10 times with his teammates playing no defense on him. Precious will be there. You don't need a visa to get in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, at least I don't think you do. Uh, so that'll be good. I just think that people will be more. People, are, Tiger fans are crazy, man. Twenty dollars. Oh no, people are going to pack people it People are going to show up. I'm interested to see how much these secondary market tickets go. I, I would be shocked that'll if be they're not going over so two hundred dollars. We were together last year at Memphis Madness. We were walking around doing our thing. Uh, it was packed house. Was did it sell out? Yeah, easy. Yeah, I think it'll sell out again this year. I think that's easily. a no no brainer, right? Yeah. Easily. Do you think there will be more people at Memphis Madness of the week this weekend's game against Southern? Oh gosh, that is a great question. I how many does FedEx form hold? Fifty five. No, it does not. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's the Liberty that's Bowl. Way Liberty too Bowl many. holds fifty five. FedEx form holds eighteen, so probably they'll probably have more at the Southern. Uh, game. yeah, I'll go Southern game. Um. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how many of the ticket scanners are working at the Southern <laughs> game. I'll go whatever the announced attendance is at the Southern game. The If it's over, you know, 16,000, that probably means that there was actually 18,000 yeah. people there. So I'll go Southern game. You know game. what drives me crazy? It's this intense focus on the football attendance. It just drives me nuts. Like, like I, I just I can't I, yeah, stand it. Yeah. Well, I understand uh, people being frustrated about the attendance. At the same time, like where I went to school, Alabama, it's always yeah. a hot hey topic. Guys, Drew went to Alabama. Hey, guess what? Guess what? People don't go to football games when it's nine thousand degrees outside and your team is winning by thirty. That's just the reality of this. And so, if the crowd isn't great for the Southern game, Lottie freaking da. I, I hope don't Alabama really care. Loses to New Mexico State. Well, I I don't I don't like your chances there very very much, Joe. So one more basketball thing before we get going. So any recruiting news? I know there've been some official visits thrown out there. 
Anything you can add? Yeah, a little, little couple things here and there. Uh, Jaden Springer's coming here soon. Maddie Sissoko was supposed to be here on campus earlier this week, um, but there were some questions on whether or not he was going to actually make it. And then on top of that, you will have Jalen Green there for Memphis Madness, along as all the other recruits. I also checked in on Chris Moore and Kennedy Chandler. I'll have a story on uh, Musa Cisse. Um, next week so that'll be good and uh it sounds like everybody that was at that old miss memphis football game really had a had a great time and they got to see the full tiger atmosphere and it was great thing that it was a packed house because if you're bringing a kid to a southern game it may not be the same look (laughs) yeah memphis football had like 400 recruits there 400 yeah three or 400 well that's good that's like half the announced attendance (laughs) oh man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, we're we're wrapping up for today. I, uh, you can follow Drew on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM and me at underscore Jonah Jordan. You can find the Daily Memphian podcast, which are powered by the OAM Network, anywhere you find your podcast, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We deliver tickets, team merchandise, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.